3: Only on PBS.
4: My name is Dave Hanredy and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 96 of the No Encore Music Podcast. Craig Fitzpatrick, Patrick Regan. David, how are you? You good? I'm in a rush. All right, let's move it. <laughs> yeah, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Wow. Uh, before we get going this week. <laughs> Very efficient. quarter block party. An efficient festival, perhaps. In Cork, Cullum's motherland. We will be hitting it up on Saturday, the 3rd of February in the round E in the afternoon after the Point of Everything podcast records his... Just as good podcast? Mm. Uh,
0: do we, do we, yeah, Approaching we have to be yeah, Slightly yeah. inferior quality,
4: podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting uh, there. Yeah, so we're hitting up Cork for that festival. But that festival it looks pretty good. you got the uh, likes of O Emperor, Ten and Felix, Bad Bones, various other DJs and acts, and all kinds of spoken word things going on over the weekend. Hit up their website, get tickets, come down, hang out with us. 3rd of February, Cork. I've said it again. That's what's happening. Yeah. Let's you know, encore live once again. Very excited. Yeah, yeah, me too. And we'll have a couple of special guests. Hopefully, who knows? got to be confirmed. It's all
0: happening. And it's all about
5: Colum really being so excited about Cork, isn't it? I mean, that's what you want to see. You want to see Colum in his natural habitat.
0: I've been going down there and warming up for a week. You before, are. Yeah, I'm there. concerned yeah, about this. I've been this. there. For, I, I've
4: been there before, but never when Colum has prepared. You know, a week of festivities. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like as if he's uh, the Greek god Achilles or. the yeah. Greek. Trying to kill every Blackfoot. He's the Greek god already. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, let's get going with the show this week. And in the news, uh, only one place to start: the really tragic and awful news of the passing, the sudden passing of Cranberry's leader Dolores O'Riordan at the age of forty-six. This news broke during the week; it broke on Tuesday afternoon. I was working at the time, actually. And it, uh, I'll be honest, it sent a shock through my system. I had to write a story on it, and I, you know, just found it quite you know, surreal. It's one of the things you read it in passing you're like, hang on, what? And everyone yeah. just kind of stops. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was found dead in a hotel in London uh, on Monday morning and, you know, she was leading with the Cranberries and they were a, a massive international band. We've seen an awful lot of outpouring from the likes of Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, yeah. Yeah. New York Times. Again, Una Mullally wrote a really good piece for them actually. Um, not much to go on in terms of news uh, like lots of you know like the police weren't treating as suspicious but I wouldn't want to get into details anyway uh, I'm not going to speculate uh, tributes poured in far and wide following her passing from pivotal figures in the music industry to President Michael e. Higgins he said it is with great sadness that I have learned of the death of Dolores O'Riordan musician, singer and songwriter Dolores O'Riordan and the Cranberries had an immense influence on rock and pop music in Ireland and internationally I recall with fondness the late Limerick TD Jim Kemmy's introduction of her and the Cranberries to me and the pride he and so many others took in their successes to all those who follow and support irish music irish musicians and the performing arts her death will be a big loss and it is and you know Huge. i've seen the likes of you know may Kay, who friend of the show she put out really very beautiful tweets on like on the day and she was on the radio talking to various different people there was a really good tribute show by louise McSharry on 2fm that evening you know kind of at the last minute it was done very very well and an awful lot of people are rocked by this one
5: well, yeah, I mean, just to begin with, like, 46 is just absolutely no age. Uh, so it kind of threw everyone for a loop. Um, and, I mean, you know, prior to this news breaking, I mean, you kind of tend to forget sometimes the impact Cranberry's had. Dave, as you said, internationally especially, it's it's not very often a kind of Irish artist make that kind of splash. And not just at the time when they're kind of quite big, but this kind of lasting legacy. And you've seen all these kind of international music outlets. You know, talking about their influence. I mean, we've talked about the. Uh, you know, we've heard songs from the likes of Hatchie recently enough, and you know, those cranberry influences are, in, are there in a lot of kind of new music still. So, uh, definitely that kind of impact and a legacy musically will be felt for a long time to come.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it is hard to put into context the impact that the Cranberries had, but somebody on The Guardian, I think it was, you know, kind of described them as, you know, though not part of Britpop, the most successful Britpop product, so to speak. Their big breakthrough in the US was supporting suede. And apparently, Swade came back as wow. nobodies, and the Cranberries came back as global superstars. Yeah. And I know I saw something else during the week about like Spotify streams leaping, and it's kind of like loads of fans in South America and stuff like that, where it had gone far and wide. Yet it still, I know, meant an enormous amount of people in Limerick um, working with Stuart Clark, yeah, uh, former colleague of all of ours in Opera. He was based in Limerick around the time of the Cranberries starting out. Root uh, legend has it, or the story goes, that when Dolores O'Riordan was canvassing opinion, should she finish school or should she give a uh, t- you know go for the band thing? He said, "Well, give the band a year and see what happens." And needless <laughs> to say, the leaving search remained undone. <laughs> um, and you know, I've spoken to Noel Hogan from the Cranberries on a number of occasions. I've never met Dolores O'Riordan herself, but I know enough people who knew her and who always kind of had so much affection and love for her and stuff like that. I think that was kind of one of the things that rocked me most was, you know, 46 years old, as much as we're obviously going to talk about her legacy as a musician or whatever, you know, she's still got teenage children and stuff like that. It, it, It truly is a shock.
4: Yeah, very much so. You mentioned the Cranberries, the remaining members there. They put out a statement on Monday evening. It says, We are devastated on the passing of our friend Dolores. She was an extraordinary talent, and we feel very privileged to have been part of her life. From 1989, when we started the Cranberries, the world has lost a true artist today. And it does feel that way. Um, you mentioned Limerick and the connection to the city. Dion Fanning wrote a very nice piece about that. And it does seem to be like the locals were kind of asked in the aftermath of it, like there was a genuine sense of losing a member of the family or like a member of the community uh, who had a connection that few did, with where they've come from and I mean yeah we're seeing that today with the likes of the and Ghana family Limerick is a very proud city and full of great creative types and yeah Dolores was kind of a queen among them and you didn't have to look far just to see people sharing really interesting personal stories and like of her even anecdotally uh, I remember when I was younger I remember uh, you know MTV channels on the old satellite and I remember like hearing <laughs> Zombie for the very very first yeah. time and then genuinely like agonisingly waiting for it to be played again so I could get a really bad VHS rip of it because it's a fucking belt of a song. Um, of course, that pendulum can also swing the other way. I saw some absolute nonsense on Twitter where people were like, it's no surprise that a month and a half after she first sang Zombie, the IRA announced a ceasefire. Yeah. Calm down. Um, but of course, obviously, that's just people trying their best to find the right words and such a tragedy. And it is a tragedy. It's a really, really sad loss and it will be felt for a very long time. I, yeah. I think she will continue to inspire an awful lot of people in the
0: years to come. Rest in peace, Dolores Aroden. All right. Uh we could do with some cheering up, so we've got basically the wackiest stories we can find from the week. And, uh, <laughs> There's a few of them. Yeah, and it doesn't get much wackier than going back to Paul Cattermole of S Club 7. That mainstay of music conversation these days. I don't days. think you
5: need to mention S Club 7. It's
0: just yeah. Paul Carmel. oh, yeah. 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 Caramol. <laughs> <laughs> Paul is <laughs> Paul. That's all he really needs. Uh, yeah, he's auctioning off his Brit Award on eBay, citing bills to pay. Got bills Put to pay. Put it on the auction site for 650 and the item had risen to £66,000 at the time of uh, writing, or saying. Uh, yeah. um, like, that. that can't be real, right? Oh, that's real but, Yes no, Those are legitimate bids at 66 grand Probably Like People are straight. It's a Brit, mate <laughs> From Paul Catterman <laughs> yeah, Like, hang on This is the thing, right it, Like, there's at least six other identical ones out there For S Club 7's Best Newcomer Award I like how matter of fact he is as well. He's
5: like Caramal describes. He as having signs of age, and he also offers a meet and greet with whoever wins the auction. That I mean, that's why in your are is going. Including Dist- a photo shoot, distance, distance defending. He's distance not flying depending. anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's time to let the past be the past. He said philosophically. I love that. I I like the inclusion of signs of age. It's just like whoever buys it for like sixty six rand gets it, and it's just like wait a minute, there's a scratch on this. It's ruined. <laughs> it's,
4: time it's time to let back. the past be the past. <laughs> is like straight out of a Braddy Snow's novel. Like, I'm pretty sure there's line in Real's Attraction where it's like I'm looking forward to letting go of the past, and looking forward. To the Future. Can you ever see Brady Nellis
0: writing a story about an ex-member of S Club 7 well, selling probably his Probably not, because he's
4: rather fixated on what he does write about yeah. over and over and over again. But I, yeah, I, he's got some great books. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, like this is not unheard of, though, yes. is it? Oh, absolutely not. And and as someone who's often joked that I want a Super Bowl ring when I get married, <laughs> that is an incredible... Half-joked. <laughs> yeah, half-joked, yeah, yeah. it's not a joke. It's an incredibly <laughs> big thing, though. You see so many former sports people selling their medals it's and... Sad. Like In it's, oh, it's actually yeah, it yeah. I
4: mean, it's it it brings it down to it. Surely, there's
5: some terrible reality show we could go on and make the same amount of money.
4: He was the first. He he left. Remember, he like he made them turn into S yeah, Club. Yeah, yeah, and he started a metal band that went nowhere.
1: Really, I never yeah, heard a single band. Song. That
4: was the reason he allegedly that he wanted to start some Rage Against the Machine style band. And what a shock! It didn't work. But you can understand why he would want to Rage Against the Machine because S Club Seven are yet another high-profile example of a manufactured band being completely ripped off by the yeah. Puppet Masters. Uh, according to former member Hannah Spirit, each of them earned only six hundred grand over the four years of their most successful period, despite generating millions of you sales. You see, now
0: this is the problem with splitting at seven ways as well though isn't it <laughs> more than seven. If, if, if seven if they'd had a nice four person band that gives them over a million each
4: there was mm-hmm. also stories of like Simon Cowell going into a recording session and like picking up a triangle and just hitting it so he'd get money he'd you're get, joking no me. I'm serious so he'd get mechanical royalties so
5: he's like in the credits of like yeah my god that is absolutely disgraceful I, I'd expect more from Simon Cowell you can't trust <laughs> yeah if
4: you can't trust a galley who was operating uh, around the late <laughs> 90s early 2000s who can you trust <laughs> Well, you mentioned Wacky Stories, and there's, there's still a few more. There is. Uh, give me a name, I guess, and we'll just pick one at <laughs> random. <laughs> Kid Rock. Oh, fine. Okay, Kid Rock, back in the news. Uh, not running for Senate, by the way. <laughs> I'm not sure if we gave that update before. Yeah, turns, did. Out, it turns out it was just album promotion chatter. Uh, Kid Rock's upcoming US tour is no longer called The Greatest Show on Earth because a lawsuit has come uh, against him from longtime owners of the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey Circus over the right to use that trademark tagline. <laughs> Uh, while I firmly believe that I'm entitled under my First Amendment to name my tour after my song, Rock said in a declaration submitted to the court earlier this week, I have changed the tour name because I do not want this lawsuit to distract me or my fans from focusing on what is important, my music.
5: Now, hold on. He can't really believe that. Not <laughs> the sh-
0: music's the most important thing. Not a chance. As well, though, I love... He, it feels like he's actually had a strop here and they've said, listen, you can't call it the greatest show on earth. What are you going to call it? He goes, "Fucking." The American Rock and Roll Tour, I don't even care anymore. That does sound like more like a Kid Rock kind of tour, doesn't it, though? The American Rock and Roll Tour. Oh, it absolutely does, yeah. But it just sounds like he's just stopped putting effort in anymore. If he can't have his first choice, he's just not trying. Speaking of Kid Rock, though, uh, earlier in the week, when
4: I was at a loss for something to listen to, I was like, I wonder if Apple Music had any decent new metal playlists. And I dialed one up, and Bah With the Bar" by Kid Rock is on there, right? Which yeah. famously closes out The first episode of The Shield Very good TV show By the way And uh, that song holds up Despite being instantly dated Because there's a bit Where he mentions And I quote The chicks with beepers And then there's a Beep 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 no, Like, like it's brilliant. Oh, brilliant It's a cultural artifact It's a ridiculous song But I quite like
5: it I, I found myself getting A <laughs> niche for back, back in the day I did <laughs> Bizarrely Around about October I was like Do you know what I haven't heard in years and I put that on And I, it's, it kind of holds up For the first like, minute and a half oh, And no, then you're like it's, Okay it's, it's a It's a, it's a dreadful
4: song <laughs> But it's you know It brings you back to a certain time It sounds like a precursor, precursor To right.
5: Crazy Frog Melodically <laughs> <A> Crazy
4: Town <laughs> <laughs> well, Can I have it, another name it's just crazy Brian Wilson
5: Brian Wilson Wonderful. Why is he back in the news Craig He's back in the news Because finally Finally An injustice is being righted <laughs> Before Brian Wilson Was catapulted to fame In the Beach Boys of course You know Writing all of their Classic stuff Before being Treated terribly <laughs> um, He was just like The rest of us Receiving failing grades For high school assignments Except, unlike us, he would later turn those assignments into massive hits. So he revealed on Twitter uh, during the week that back in the 50s, when he was a student in high school, he received an F... On his music class composition, this composition later evolved into "Surfin," the single that launched the Beach Boys' career, and it sold millions, of course. And it's been corrected because it sold so many. School's principal, Doctor Landisfind has approved the grade change, giving Wilson that's an A. It's not even a passing grade. It's an A. It's a. No, that's <laughs> ridiculous. Like, like,
4: there's no credibility in that school anymore, <laughs> no, or no. that headmaster, because to, to go from like, okay, I in college, right? I once scraped by one of my modules. Okay, mm-hmm. I got like in the exam results, like like 36 or 38 and i was like oh god damn it, i'm gonna have to reset this but i was like hang on a minute i think i got one of those questions right that they marked me wrong and if i got that one right right 40 baby yeah went in sat down brought my case to the man in question and he was like yeah you're right 40 and i was like thanks very much and it was like you've barely passed like shaking hands like yeah. leaving the building being like yeah i did it i barely passed but
5: like, the- i didn't get a fucking but first in, but in fairness the case you made wasn't a very catchy 60s pop it <laughs> so um, <laughs> that is, that, yeah. is, that is
0: a fair point, I suppose. Um, yeah. What happens to his other grades now in terms of compensation? I mean, you know. Yeah, I have no been, he's idea. Been on a curve, does he also now get a B in maths? What are you, and I mean, I wonder. Like for
5: just like his kind of midterm assignment, did he hand in good vibration or, so, or something? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, what was he? How could you hear surfing and be like, "No, that's an F." What are you doing? But again, man? it's
4: it's it intimates a very high standard, a very difficult, strict teacher who has folded like fucking I don't know. I, I can't what? think of the requisite. I don't, yeah. I don't
5: yeah. know if it's the original teacher. I mean, Brian Wilson's no, quite no, aged no, at this not, stage. So, no, yeah. it, it, it's not. It's not.
0: imagine the appeals from the, all those, like, stroppy parents yeah, in the area. Yeah.
5: I did love, I, I love the photo of him. He looks, he seemed delighted, like, with the kind <laughs> of grey change. And just, I adore Brian Wilson. He's such an innocent, beautiful man. Can't that support that I was it, happy for him. Can support Can't support this. <laughs>
4: no, it's, it's wrong. It's, yet another institution crumbles. Right, give us a name, Craig. Two left.
5: Uh, Post Malone?
4: Okay, the White Iverson star has taken part in a lot of different hobbies and activities in his life, some of which we can't comment on for legal reasons, but his most recent venture might be the spookiest
0: of all, Cullum. Yeah, he's been on uh, Ghost Adventures, which, and I'm going to have to say, apparently is a show on the Travel Channel. Oh, you don't watch it now. I'm not too familiar with it, I must say. But uh, yeah, Post Malone uh, has joined the regular crew um, to explore a haunted slaughterhouse. Um, Why isn't
4: it called Haunted Slaughterhouse? That's a better title Isn't it? Yeah Maybe they're not always In a a slaughterhouse
0: I I gather they explore Different things on every episode Oh the locales
4: And venues change Yeah Yeah, 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 I see what you're saying It's one of those Intellectual types How many slaughterhouses (laughs) Do you think are
5: haunted In the, the United States of America? All of them All of them
4: yeah. By the ghosts of dead animals. Yeah.
0: Either way, yeah, he has wandered down, outside Marcy. and finds like weird passageways and creepy sounds, as well as a door that seems to open and close by itself. Yeah. I'm and inside sh- the slaughterhouse, he's visibly scared of the energies around him. <laughs> and the guys, up, <laughs> the guys end up <laughs> finding serious paranormal activity. I'll, I'll, serious yeah, I guarantee, serious you, I'm yeah. gonna
5: watch this. I'm a sucker for the first of all, these kind of paranormal shows. Are you, Are you? especially when they get a celebrity on who's just terrified? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, most haunted when they did like their <laughs> Live Halloween shows, brilliant stuff. Didn't, I don't buy into it one iota, but it's He's never it's yeah, hilarious. This is breaking
4: news. I'd rather see Post Malone on like undercover Boss or something. No, <laughs> I don't that know. ridiculous. What are they going
0: to do to him? I don't How do you disguise Post Malone. Do
4: you, I don't know, give him a shower, <laughs> cut his fucking hair. <laughs> like,
5: um, I remember a few years ago, the British version of this was Derek Paul, o- Acura, wasn't Paul O'Grady <laughs> running around screaming in some like haunted house in Worcestershire or whatever. Danny Dyer had
0: it series like that as well, did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. sounds like something he'd do it does All uh, right, give us our final crazy story of the week Dave
4: well our final crazy story in the week uh, sees me breaking my edict that I sent around at the start of season 3 <laughs> to you guys and I said I don't want any more mentions of Donald Trump on this podcast <laughs> but I guess we got to tap back into this one because I think we handled the first part of it Moby is back in the news uh, coincidentally has a new album coming out this year a year ago on Instagram he put up a post about Donald Trump basically saying that he had you know seen the dossiers and all the files his friends in DC had given him, And he, he was privy to information that, you know, many government agents probably aren't. Uh, people contact with a pinch of salt didn't really make as much traction as you would think, and Moby didn't disappear afterwards. Right. He was on a radio phone-in show uh, at the start of the week, or at the weekend, I think, rather and the guy asked him he was like hey remember a year ago when you posted that bizarre thing on Instagram what was that about Moby and he elaborated on it and he basically said you know that he was out for dinner with his friends he said through touring and like hanging out in New York and Washington sometimes he's uh, made some friends who have a lot of power in the government and they're out for a meal one night and they said hey listen you know we're going to give you all this information can you please put it out on your social channels like your Instagram your Twitter and whatnot because you've got more of a following than we do Moby is down with the kids <laughs> uh, more than your average FBI spook, and therefore they gave him all this information. Okay, do
5: you reckon they approached Katy Perry first, and she just pepper sprayed them?
4: <laughs> okay, do you think that there's anything in this, or do you no. think he's completely lost his mind? I don't. Well, like, well hang on, hang on, because he
0: sounds confident. See, he's, <laughs> here's the thing, <laughs> know like, Yeah, I mean, like certainly compare him to like you know Tom, Tom DeLong, DeLong. <laughs> for instance. Yeah, there's an awful lot more chance of this being real. Uh, you don't have to twist my arm to convince me that there was collusion he
4: says his uh, CIA agent friends are truly concerned and they were like this is like the maturing candidate like Putin has a Russian aiden, uh, agent in the presidency yeah. so uh,
0: again said, again, I believe all of that I'm just not sure <clears throat> Moby is going to be the, the, the best foot soldier to send out with your message he, he said, said yeah. it's
4: really disturbing it's going to get a lot darker uh, he said there's a lot more to come we should all fasten his seatbelt and hold on now so you believe that Cullen. this is what you're saying this is what I'm hearing from you you're saying that you believe that there is a link between Trump and Russia yeah Okay. Do you believe that, Craig?
5: Uh, yes, I do, okay. and I also think that I haven't heard a lot of Moby in conversation of late. But he always seemed like a thoughtful, kind of level-headed sort of chap. Well, the reason so I, I asked. Yeah. Well, the
4: reason I asked the both of you is because uh, I received an email over the oh, weekend. God. Here we go. <laughs> I received a direct email to my email address right. at a quarter to three in the morning by a gentleman who will not be named, and it opened with the phrase "Well, dickhead." So, you know, one nil to him. Righto. (laughs) Was it the CIA? No, 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 not not the way this is written. Well, Dickhead, I will kindly offer you a thousand euros for a single piece of actual evidence that Russia as a state interfered with the US (laughs) elections, Brexit, the German elections and the French elections. Three bites of the cherry, unless you're all deluded gullible gobshites. Now, you will notice he gave me four bites of the cherry. It's true. His maths, not great. Uh, it's because probably because I wrote a story about Moby over the weekend but, What's uh, more
0: as well the, Fuck off no, I think the, <laughs> Don't email me you dick The odds that you would be sitting on proof of Russian collusion And his thousand euro would draw you out Also by the way
4: Hit up Moby He has the social channels <laughs> we, yeah, we, yeah. we have established, established this, this.
0: <laughs> Yeah indeed Alright well still to come We are talking about a photography exhibition in town this week We are reviewing the new album for Black Rebel Motorcycle Club And a chunk of songs to get through but first, a word from our sponsors.
3: Magic is real,
4: it's contained within an app. Put your feet up and watch Peking Duck appear with just a tap. Magic is pizza, tacos, tabloid
5: fish and chips, shish, give and
3: spicy, crispy chicken strips.
5: Magic. Download the Just Eat app and order food for delivery.
0: So yeah, we mentioned a photography exhibition in Dublin. It is at the Bernard Shaw opening on January 25th. It is called What We Did in the Shadows featuring uh, photographs from gigs around Dublin and around Ireland, and I'm delighted to say that we're joined by two of the ph- photographers involved, Lucy Foster and Leah Carroll. Welcome to the show. Thank you very Hello. much.
3: Hey, oh. Hey. Oh. we we're trying
0: can't. to we do a sometimes I make you? a big deal. I was like, yeah. It's very formal. Are we going to <laughs> applaud I me,
4: mean, like photographs. What's that about?
5: Eh? Yeah.
0: So, yeah, interviewing photographers—it's going to be awkward because they can only answer the first three questions. Hey. Oh. Wow. Have you ever heard that, one that before? For a while. Like, genuinely, I mean, it is a place to start because if there's anybody out there who's saying, like, what's he on about?
6: (laughs) Well, basically, yeah, when we get into the pit, a lot of people think that we're there for the entire gig, but no, we get kicked out after the first three songs, usually. Mm-hmm. Not always. Sometimes they give us a curveball and say, "Oh, you can it's only the five, six, and seven, or okay. the ends." You super furry like animals is always the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you get random like, ones.
1: She has two halves in her set. Okay. And uh, we got to photograph like the last two of the first half and the first two because she wanted both like costumes photographed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, She's a wise which woman. is good.
0: <laughs> Obviously, like there's no flash. It's sometimes I'm guessing like limited <laughs> yeah. space up there in that pit. I mean. Obviously you guys do things other than shooting gigs. Is concert photography particularly challenging?
6: Yeah, it can be in low can level be, light. Yeah, it yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's it's fast as well. Well depending on the gig, it can be really, really fast or really, really tough because yeah, you just try and get the shot but they're either moving around or they're not doing anything at all. And mm. if they're not doing anything at all and there's no light then you just really have to focus. Mm. Yeah. It's get- fun
1: though. I like the fact that you can't control anything. You just have the lights, you have to work with what you've got and kind of try and make it cool from there I like
6: that yeah yeah it's a good test right, and you can sometimes end up surprising yourself with Like, mm-hmm. oh wow how did I get
1: that
5: <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like a lot of artists are kind of wary of photographers and stuff I mean it's very regimented in terms of I'd be the same I mean if mm. I was like a musician I'd be like okay you've the first 30 seconds because after I'll be drenched in sweat or fallen over or something so I'll look my best for 30 seconds and then it's going to be an absolute close get yeah the best of great you can <laughs> have a nightclub at 3 in the morning yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. My I was design.
4: saying, uh, Lucy, I, I, had, I had a coffee with you around Christmas time and I was saying "Hello, like, I went to see Depeche Mode mm-hmm. and a friend of mine who I was with who was a photographer for Hot Press, uh, and he turned to me like two songs in and he just started laughing and he was like, they're being such dicks to the photographers. And I was like, because yeah. it was just like, it was like the first song, it was just red lights and then yeah. there was like, strobe lights and then it was like darkness. And I was asking you like, is that deliberate? Like, are our bands actually deliberately trying to yeah. piss off photographers?
1: I feel like... Obviously, you'd never know, but sometimes I feel like, yeah, they do it on purpose, just (laughs) for the fun. Because I think a lot of artists don't really care about photos Um, or like they don't really like them. But rather than not letting photographers in, they just make it really hard to shoot. Because I've been at a couple of gigs where like the first three songs, really hard to shoot, really bad lights. They like cover themselves up. And the three songs are over. We leave the pit, and it just like lights up, and it's beautiful.
6: Mm. And you're standing there looking at it. Yeah, and, you and you're just like, oh, "Damn, you're really on But I've noticed as well that, like, I I kind of feel it from the other side with the bands. They must be really nervous. Like, some of them must be super nervous, and they don't yeah. Yeah, get I over that. Yeah, I think that's a thing too. So yeah. I can't imagine anything worse than having your most nervous <laughs> moments being photographed because that's yeah. that's you walk out on stage and you're trying to get everything right and you're trying to make sure that you know is everyone playing correct? Am I going to remember the words? Am I, whatever I'm playing? And then you've got people with these massive of lenses staring at you Mm. you know like bazookas you know if you get it wrong (laughs) we're gonna really you know but um so i can kind of see it from both sides some bands are great they really get into it they're they're amazing they give us the shot and then they go off and they do the thing but they've done it a lot i think that they're relaxed whereas other bands i remember shooting beach house and the lead singer just like put her hand up in front of the mic so you you could either shoot the mic or <laughs> yes. her hands. and there was a bulb and that was it there was like there was no lights, there was nothing they didn't want it but if you don't want to maybe don't don't just say no yeah. photographers at all
5: so i mean getting positive what have been the best experiences what have been the moments where you're like oh geez i just got the best kind of moment or i captured something really special hmm is there any artists that are just particularly visually like really like you already know going in this is going to be exciting this is they're putting in the effort because it's interesting I mean Dave you are kind of slagging me off recently where we're talking about the enemy talking about like the new rock revolution the editor the ex-editor being like we won't have anyone undercover doesn't have great hair and great shoes and you're kind of saying oh Craig you'd be into that but (laughs) (laughs) it is (laughs) it (laughs) it is kind of an important part of like being an artist like that whole kind of visual side of things in terms of getting people into it creating this own persona and universe and I think the best artists
0: kind of understand that yeah,
1: yeah. Well, well, I suppose someone some like themselves. you
0: mentioned St. Vincent mm. too, yeah like put so Woman much the best, effort yeah, into her amazing. aesthetic and stuff I yeah. assume someone like that is a dream for you. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly and then yeah people you know even if they just have nice lights it just makes a
6: huge difference, seriously. Even though oh, yeah. they're just wearing a white t shirt, black jeans, <laughs> and the lights are stunning, you've no idea the, the imagery yeah. we can get from that and how we make them look good, yeah. even though that they could be standing there fairly basic. Say if the lads aren't really into dressing up, happy days if there's, there's great lighting. If you've yeah, got it. Yeah. The, mm. the lighting technicians we, uh, are 50% of the gig, like for us. That's why we, we had
4: Sean Adams, who's the editor of Dream Sound, mm. uh, has been for the last 17 years, um, or 18 years rather, now, and he also does the socials for Six Music. He mm. was over for Hard Working class Heroes there, and we went to a bunch of the gigs, and he he was blown away by Bad Bones, who's obviously a very visual artist, as you know, and also Alicia, who I know you've shot uh, profiles for, Lucy. Mm-hmm. But he was making the point that, like, simply her having, like, these pink lights on stage, these kind yeah. of fluorescent lights, and also her name in, like, big, mm-hmm. kind of, like, mm. professional areas in the background, it's a world of difference. Like, it's a small yeah, thing, sure. but he was yeah. saying how surprised he was, and how, even, like, back in, like, you know, in London, there can be a lot of bands who have nothing. They just get on a stage, and there's no. Attention to detail for visuals, but I guess it must be like someone like Leisha seems to have even like aesthetic, like just figured out completely. Yeah. Um I guess there was a debate this week on Twitter. Um I saw Roz Madigan of Golden Pleck, he put up a thing where he was like saying how like you know how bands don't like their music being stolen and he was like, Yeah, but it's the same for photographers. Mm. Um has that been something you've had to kinda of deal with a lot of? Just being like hey With photographs being stolen. That's my photo, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, yeah. Not so much anymore, but there are still. And She's I got think
6: bouncers now, though, so <laughs> <I don't laughs> she takes it. them with her on her shoot. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't I have
1: to cross at the bouncer. I feel scary looking so. for my photos. Yeah, um, I think the bigger the artist, the less it happens. Obviously, because I think they're working with people who know what's okay and what's not. Yeah. Mm. I notice sometimes with smaller acts, they I'll see on Twitter they're using one of my photos as a press photo which it's a bit frustrating I, yeah but I it like, uh, probably comes from a kind of
5: naive stance as yeah. opposed to just, but it's a photo yeah. of me it's like yeah, yeah it's not your kind of creative you know content, and
1: I think yeah. yeah it's not kind of meant in any bad way yeah. but it's just yeah. and I think yeah like and usually if you kind of go
6: oh shout out any chance mm. they're kind of oh wow so sorry totally forgot like and that, that's that's totally fine like it's yeah. good
0: yeah Going back it to gig depends. gig photography for a second, like because obviously we review gigs mm-hmm. and you know certainly going there and writing reviews was our bread and butter for years, but we'd always maintain that you know the best sort of gig review wouldn 't just be a factual report of what happened, it would kind of bring in fine tone and atmosphere and all yeah, the rest, yeah. but also personal experience and historical context and stuff like that, in the same way does capturing a photo at a gig go beyond sort of like just what 's in the frame, do you try to bring in? some of those other elements as much as possible.
6: Absolutely, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, So say if you've shot an artist maybe a few times and within the same tour it's kind of going to look the same because they're just bringing the same show on the road but um, you'll definitely try and get something different out of it Um, and sometimes they're really helpful as well. They'll try and... Mix up what they're doing on the stage, where they'll 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 like lean into the photographers and they'll give you something. Mm. They'll they'll try and make that look mm. a little bit different, which is great. Um, but yeah, you do. Yeah, you've got once once you know what you're doing and once you know what the lighting situation, is you definitely try and go. Right, I've got time to think about this a little mm. bit. They're going to be over here next, so I'll go stand over here before the rest of the crew are elbowing yeah. me out of the way. But <laughs> I think
1: that's as well. You know, if you're in the pit shooting from the front of the stage with like ten other people, you have to find your way to. Make your photos be different to everybody else, sure. Get something they won't, yeah. So it's kind of you know, and I think that's where we differ. In you know, we're all pretty much shooting from the same spot, but what you kind of see as a good moment to capture or a good expression is where people's photos start to look different. So I think, yeah, Definitely. for me, trying to get like the atmosphere out of it is the biggest thing, right? Yeah.
4: Speaking of photographs looking different, uh, I, I'm guilty of it. Like, it's something that people do reflexively. They pull out their phone, they take photographs at gigs. Mm-hmm. I will do that. I will try and get... it maybe selfies w- with you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm having the best time. Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> an intimate like, uh, singer-songwriter, like, what up? Got those puppy dog <laughs> ears. You see, that, you
0: see that, Have
1: you ever been at a gig and someone is FaceTiming someone else in? That's horrible. And because oh. they're holding their phone up in the air, if you're behind them, you can just see that person sitting at home, like... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, yeah.
4: I I try and get what, in my mind, constitutes as a usable photograph mm-hmm. and, like, you know, put it on Twitter or whatever. Am I... You know, you can be honest. Am I a horrible person? Like, in, in the eyes <laughs> no, of... I don't, I don't think so. I don't think
6: so. To be honest, I, like, if you get that and you kind of go, oh, I was at this gig, it was absolutely amazing, because I think people, in general, don't tend to post if they didn't enjoy the gig so much, it kind of gets forgotten about, but, like, mm-hmm. oh, my, that was amazing. I Like... I, you know, you just have, and it's something to go along with the gigs of memory. But if you're the type of person who's just standing there t- doing burst photos in your phone, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're filming it like on like, <clears throat>
4: from, like for it, entire songs
0: on so an yeah, iPad, yeah.
5: especially is the worst. Oh, I love so that. Oh, so <laughs> fucking crazy. Oh. Like standing there I love with the tray. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I mean, you, you mentioned kind of bringing back it. memories of good gigs. Tell us about uh, what people can expect at the Bernard Shaw.
6: Yeah, so it's going to be a really good mix. There's like six photographers that kind of came on board. Um, so I was I, I was asked uh, by one of the people that run uh, the body tonic, uh, Benny Johnston, um, would I do uh, an exhibition, would I be into it, uh, go and Bernard and I said, yeah, absolutely, that'd, that'd be great, but uh, how about if I got a, a crew of us together, would that be cool? And she said, absolutely, yeah, whatever and um, so I got onto a few people that I kind of end up bumping into in pits uh, quite a good bit and I said and they all got back to me and they all said yes which I was quite surprised about <laughs> I was uh, delighted as well it was good uh, and so um, yeah it just kind of built from there and everybody got really excited about it and um, yeah so it's 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 going to run from uh, next it's a Thursday mm-hmm. the 26th isn't it yeah until February 21st so um, yeah the launch uh, is going to happen and there's going to be lots of people there I think we've sent out all the press. <laughs> <spoilers> <laughs> it's gonna be a big it's deal. Gonna it's, good, gonna it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a really great. big deal. It's gonna be lots of people standing there with their phones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
5: just what you want. Yeah. I mean, that is the thing. It's nice just kind of not seeing just images on your, you know, your small kind of phone screen or true, whatever. Yeah. It's kind of that. That's kind of one of the reasons I still buy music magazines. It's more for the photography than the writing. Oh, I say so as a music so journalist. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> true though. I, like that's why I used to buy Q because you get great shots of people. And stuff. What a hero <laughs> you are. I am. Was it much of a
4: headache picking like the? The Shots to go into this, yes. Like, there was <laughs> okay. I asked like,
1: a lot of people for help, yeah. Did you, yeah? yeah. Wow. just because I found it really hard to. I don't That's know.
6: great. That's kind of cool that you're just like, I like all my babies, don't make no, me, it's don't, even, make it's me not not <laughs> don't make me choose. <laughs>
1: I don't know, trying to be objective,
6: oh, yeah, and representative of yourself, or no.
1: Not necessarily. No? I suppose because okay. he could well, but be. maybe. I don't know. Because <laughs> he, <used laughs> he could be like, oh, that
5: was a really difficult shot to get, but it yeah, might have been the, you know, aesthetically. By, like, yeah.
1: Or the like experience just if behind you it enjoy for the you. Gimme, Yeah, but maybe it's not a good photograph. Yeah. yeah so I just yeah. tried
6: to. Yeah, that's killer, people. actually. That's
4: a really And to tough keep
1: bit, like. Varied as well
4: I try to is it kind of like that thing you know I guess with any creative work really and we always talk about it on this show with songs and with albums once you put it out there it's not yours anymore although I guess with you guys it is with a copyright if anyone's nice listening listening, yeah, if anyone is listening by the way yeah. do not rip off <laughs> any of the photographs from any of the photographers at this
0: exhibition which we're very much looking forward to by New the way press photos yeah, yeah. Well, yeah indeed uh, it runs from uh, next week January 25th until 21st of February at the Bernard Shaw best of luck to you guys thank you so much, much. Uh, Lucy Foster Leah Carroll thanks for joining us thanks, guys. thanks for
3: just having us thanks, best <laughs> <one. Woo!
0: laughs>
4: just a reminder that what we did in the shadows opens at the Bernard Shaw on the 25th of January and runs until the 21st of February so get on down now it's time for our album of the week Colin mentioned it already it's the boys Black Rebel Motorcycle Club their new album is called Wrong Creatures let's have a taste Black Tar Heroin Rock. Let us go.
3: It's just another song. Let us go.
4: That was Spook, not the lead single. We tackled the lead single off this album before. It was called Little Thing Gone Wild. And at the time, we were fairly uninspired. We kind of noted that like, it's what you've come to expect from a band that trade on a certain kind of rock song. Uh, I noted that I reviewed the previous album, Spectre at the Feast for Hot Press, back in 2013, I think it was. And I quite liked it. I didn't love it. It was fine. Mm. It has some stand-up moments. But it, overall, it was quite a languid, sprawling affair. But I thought that that was Interesting. And we wondered if they were going back to basics and if they were just going to give us an album of rock belters. Um, I would say Little Thing on Wild actually stands out as a bit of an outlier. Yep. On an album that is quite sprawling and quite languid, does it work? As
0: an album as a whole? In I'm general, the, I suppose. You <laughs> know, we're here to find out. the thing is that, like, yeah, they kind of tend to turn out the reliable, to yeah, be fair. Yeah. And, and I suppose when they actually, you know, rely on their sort of constants, you know, a nice stomping beat or ear-catching riff, then it's fine. It, It appears on this record, though, that they try to go into some sort of atmospheric, moody, kind of Bill's that's when it starts to fall down for me
5: yeah I mean it's definitely a more kind of simmering um, you know low pressure album there's not as Dave said those like kind of immediate rockers here um, it's it's languid and sprawling to like the nth degree for this band but it kind of works for me because they're confident in what they're doing um, is it too long sure do they give too much time to kind of jammy grooves that are interesting but maybe not for four minutes yes they do but I think when they're firing on all cylinders they do latch on to kind of interesting moments uh they're extremely good players and they kind of know their terrain really really well so it's kind of hard to like pick faults in what they're actually doing whilst also acknowledging the stuff that they're not doing which is anything particularly original um i do think the pacing is a bit too i mean there's not a huge amount of variation um and in previous like, I, I like this approach I like this kind of uh, The swampy thing They get into I can imagine a lot of These kind of s- songs You know Soundtracking uh, s- Some true detective Style show It's it, like, it's like It works really well As kind of Atmospheric Background stuff For me But I think the thing for them It's like They're on their Eighth album At this stage yeah. um, This marks
4: 20 years Of the band It's
5: as well. crazy Really And they're still Mining the influences They were mining In you know 2001 When the debut album Came out um, the bands that they were copying then have either broken up or they were already retired twenty years and are now back <laughs> and releasing new music at this stage. So it's a really interesting one. Um, I do think they're great players, but I think in the kind of co frontmen they have, Peter Hayes and Robert Bean, uh, they they're kind of lacking a bit of maybe charisma up front. They're lacking. Yeah. I mean, this is this is really mumble rock. You are not picking many of these lyrics out, um, and when you are. It's all a bit vague. Uh, they're lacking some kind of personality, some vision of what they're about as a band,
0: what they mean to people, and the sound of this record in particular, I think, betrays that. It's Nick Laune on on production, who's yeah. done a lot of work with Nick Cave, uh, with the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. But whereas with Nick Cave, you've got like you know an amazing lyricist, and then you know the arrangements of Warren Ellis. With the AAs, yeah, as yeah, you've got Carano's presence and their ability to seemingly never be like more than about 40 seconds from a great hook. Here, you don't have those to yeah. kind of, you know, pull it out of being frankly slightly boring at stages you know
5: yeah uh, I mean uh, you know the few kind of ideas that they have are very good but yeah they do get a bit boring and then when they you're kind of thinking can you switch it up a bit lads and then they do switch it up on a song like Circus Bazooka and you just go Jesus oh, Christ what is this <laughs> I never want to hear that song again <laughs> I never want to hear that song ever again Bazooka. it's
0: Some like carnival madness <laughs> rock haunted fairground sort what of a thing
4: what were they thinking like. I think it's called Circus Bazooka yeah, I, Circus I, Bazooka I, I, yeah. oh, I, 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 I think they made a mistake even with the song like just typing it out but they certainly made a mistake in writing and recording it because yeah. it's a mess of a song and also earlier on today when I was listening to it I was like oh there's two tracks left after this one and I kind of have to get my skates on and get out to the podcast and there was like about 30 seconds after that one I was like why am I still listening to this this song yeah. is dreadful and I was like knock off get rid of it and then it
5: follows up with kind of two songs which are much more tastefully done but there's <laughs> you're kind of waiting for a culmination you're waiting for some kind of threads to be pulled together and it just fades away I mean there's kind of nice piano we y bit towards the end but it's like ah the last track feels like yeah like Here's very our, much like yeah. track
4: 12 we have to do yeah. this and it doesn't even hit the heights yeah. um I, I think even a song like calling them all Away" can work in certain mood settings i yeah. suppose and also i think that like a song like, like that because it's long it's about six and a half minutes and it, the lifts are minimal but they're important when they come it's one of those songs you know mm-hmm. and they can be very effective songs but that song to me feels like prime position for like a set like it's a live song it's yeah, there yeah, yeah. for when you're coming back from the bar with a couple of beers and they're just lifting off a little bit in that kind of small subtle way they do so it can work and this album I found was very very mood dependent and even setting dependent I found that like when I was when I, like, it's a difficult album to concentrate on when you're doing things uh, which might sound derogatory but yeah. I, don't, I don't mean it to it's just it's not busy enough to kind of it's not a dynamic enough album to keep your kind of brain moving but if you can you know chill and just Stop whatever you're doing and just relax with it. Yeah. Mm. It does. You can sing into it, and I think it starts well. I mean, I think even the track that we played, "Their Spook," is a, it's a good, you know. Ballsy rock song. It's got like you know throbbing
5: bassline and yeah, that kind of stuff. The, that the you bass want, actually so throughout like, this is great. It, the, the whole album sounds really good. It's kind of hard to knock it in terms of how well put together it is. Do you know what I mean? But it's just I brought in that imagination. Like yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, Circus Bazooka aside, th- there's little here that you would be Circus, <laughs> th- but there's little that's like hugely objectionable. The problem is that there's nothing that's hugely exciting or inspiring yeah, either. Yeah. You see, I
5: feel like I feel like they could do. Uh, Do more. I feel like they've got more potential in them. You occasionally see flashes and glimpses of it throughout their like 20 year career, but (laughs) I don't think it's gonna happen at this stage. Like a song like Echo is, okay, it's a bit... It's a bit kind of oh, generic so and
0: embraces comeback single. I would have <laughs> been like, well, okay, I was, was going
5: to say it's a bit kind of like New U two, except it would have been the best album on the New U two album." Uh, yeah, they can kind of do those songs. Yeah, like right. Ninth
0: Configuration feels like one of the strongest hands in this album, even the, even though that still the, takes three minutes and the kind of stadiumy. Rock wig out before you're just yeah. like okay, this come great, together. There's now. some
5: great guitar on that, whether it sounds like it's it's a bit like Champagne Supernova or something. And yeah. some people that will like don't like Champagne Supernova will be like, oh, okay, this is an I album I've got to avoid now.
4: <laughs> I think the fact that like when he gets a little thing gone wild, nine tracks into an hour-long album and it's actually really welcome when it comes along yeah. is an example of probably the best way of summing up an album that doesn't have enough moments like that and also could have had stronger moments than it. Because, you know, that's all we heard in Songs of the Week. It was like uh, you know, don't really care, not great, not really going to go back to it. But I was like, oh, yeah, cool, when it came along. Not just because of the familiarity, but because it was a sea change. Yeah. Like, And you're waiting a long time to get there, so... I mean, this feels like the definition—the uh, definition of for the fans. I assumed that when this album would come along, it'd be a gentleman's three out of five. It'd be a six out of ten, and that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, there's no harm here, but there's—I mean, I don't understand how someone could like embrace this album. This is exactly to it. to such a degree
0: to be like, this is amazing. If if somebody throws this on the car, I'm not going to insist they turn it off. Yes. But yeah. What about it would make you want to seek it out? Why would you necessarily go back to it or recommend it to anybody? I don't know, it's 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 grand for what it is, but what it is is fairly uninspiring. I'm going straight down the middle five out of ten
5: yeah you know a few kind of nice additions for the live sets maybe and if you're already on board you'll probably find a lot lot to kind of love here Um, but yeah it'd be a six for me I think
4: yeah I'm gonna go six because I feel like there's enough moments to kind of put it into that you know Brian Wilson passing grade situation and just be like oh you know I mean like fair play it's cool that you're out there you're doing it and you know it justifies a tour it justifies a festival appearance and I'm sure some of these songs will sound great live because oh yeah they're a great live band yeah there's
0: no doubt about that
4: but also Ultimately, it's a case of your mileage may vary, I suppose, and even for hardcore fans, you're like, cool, glad you're still out there, but there's nothing new. There's no new road being paved here. And fair enough, it's the first disposable album of of the podcast listening year and the first album of the podcast
0: listening (laughs) year. So let's move on. Let's kick into some songs. Craig, give me a number. Three, please, call. Number three is Ansel Elgord, last seen behind the wheel of Baby Driver, now behind the microphone for Supernova. Sounds like this.
3: I'll address your request. I've been waking up drenched in sweat. All my dreams full of my regrets. I keep hearing what my mother said. Eyes are open, all I see is red. I met you in California, you told me you loved him in Georgia, your heart's in the ground frozen over, my heart's in the sky supernova, I met you in California, you told me you
0: loved Yeah, perhaps an unlikely starting point for the Songs of the Week, Uh, Dave, we know how you feel about that film. I'll remind you.
4: (laughs) sucks. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. That's succinct, yeah. I've managed yeah. to remember that.
0: Okay, how about the single then? Well, how do the you thing. feel about that?
4: We had a lot of songs to choose from yeah. this week. Mm. I was keeping the Spotify playlist going from as early as last weekend, and there was like about 11 or 12 or 13 in them when we finally built it down. And I straight away said, I want Ansel Elgort in there his Star Wars name and all, because I quite like the song. I think he's doing a better Justin Timberlake than Justin Timberlake is doing right now, (laughs) at least on the 2am walk home after having a fight with your girlfriend front. Uh, There's enough arrogance here, and there's enough kind of dark swagger to it, and it's very, very well produced. It's not a world beater, but it's good, and I
0: like it. It is really well produced, and I like his voice as well. Too, Too many times you end up with kind of like, breathy, whispery vocals. It was nice to hear somebody actually sing in a strong, low register in a track like this. I thought it was good. Um, like, the lyrics are tosh. Like, I've
4: been going through phases.
0: Oh no, there, there's one. Uh, it's the start of the second verse, isn't it? Um, look overhead at the stars and the ocean. First of all, what? What? Foggy emotions, moments, erosion This supernova could cause a commotion
4: <laughs> Ananese lawyers are going to be on the phone I mean listen, I'll
0: tell you what I mean like he said that he actually wrote all the lyrics In the same recording session uh, It shows um, yeah, He's but the Kanye West and nobody, and and <laughs> like, and he, he, How dare you even now, make that he, joke He also falls into the trap of Look how serious I am I'm fucking swearing Yeah. Um, but like I say This is good I actually really enjoyed this Um, I think it's unfair to say that he's
5: doing a better Justin Timberlake than Justin Timberlake is doing a Justin Timberlake at the moment. Because I don't know what Justin Timberlake is doing, but it's certainly not a Justin Timberlake at the moment. (laughs) That was a lot of Justin Timberlakes. What I will say about Ansel is um, it didn't quite work for me. I do like the production. Um, it's very of the moment but well done Um, and it has that kind of twinkling thing beneath it that reminds me of an Amy Winehouse song which I can't think of at the moment you know I'm no good it just has that melodic thing which immediately hooked me in it's his vocals that actually don't quite work for me um the I've been making up drenched in sweat line makes me cringe just because it sounds
0: horrible. Um, <laughs> this and there's like a when kind Dave of David Mono again, would like, uh, keep us updated. Almost, almost a year ago, <laughs> yeah. the there's, anniversary show was coming soon. There's a kind of pout or
5: something to his voice that it's a bit. He's, he's a dickhead. He sounds but very no, no, but he is a dickhead. Have you ever seen him
4: interviewed or, or like read anything about no, him? No, I don't. This about guy, universe. this guy is into himself. Yeah, if
0: this song didn't make it obvious, which it should. To be fair now, if I was juggling the. Like Lifestyle burgeoning acting yeah. career slash music career, I'd be probably a bit of a noble. You not. stay humble, no? Hell, I'm a third of a podcast, and I'm already getting a bit big for my boots. Like <laughs> this
5: is true. Wait till he hits cork. Um, yeah, but I just Wait I don't it. think he has the charisma musically to make him interesting. Like an interesting dickhead, uh, he just annoyed me, and it's uh, it seemed very self conscious. I was listening to him singing this and imagining him just being like, I'm great singing this, yeah. I die. And st- so I just couldn't tap into anything approaching emotion on it. It's well pieced together. I don't know how much he had to do with that. Um, but you know, then when you hit the chorus and it's like, Georgia and I'm in California and I'm yeah. going to Schenectady or Missouri and I'm just <laughs> a Greyhound to West, you know. Tallahassee <laughs> isn't using the lyrics these days. So, I mean, a nice effort, uh, like the t- musical team around him. Maybe he's put, I don't know, who's, who's producing this again? Do we know? We are not sure. I haven't looked into it. I don't it. know. I don't know what kind of input he has. I haven't looked into it because the
4: song itself is skin deep and surface level. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's fine for me. I enjoyed it for what it was. It's not. You were
5: surprised by like, oh shit! Actually, this is a kind of genuine song I just, that I could.
4: Yeah. I think it's a strong three out of five. Yeah.
5: yeah. Um. He he. Unlike Baby Driver, <laughs> he for, he. I just didn't buy it from his performance, okay, but a nice production.
4: Okay. Okay. him number. Number two, please. Alrighty then. Karen O is back, and she's brought Michael Kuanuka along for the ride. This song is called Yo My Saint. Yo My Yo My saint. Yo My Yo My saint. Yo My saint. Yo My
3: Yo My Yo My My Yo My My Yo My
1: Mm -hmm.
4: So that song is for a fashion-based collaboration. Mm -hmm. The company is called Kenzo, and I'm aware of them because I used to work with a gentleman by the name of Q who liked to make it fashion on the regular, much like Cole Morrigan. And I believe he once went to a sale in H&M not so long ago and spent a shit ton of money on ridiculous-looking clothes. But, of course, he can pull it off because he's a lovely boy from Waterford with sartorial style. So, as songs for tie-ins go, I think this is quite strong. And as a matter of fact, the more I listened to it, the more I thought, if Quentin Tarantino ever gets around to Kill Bill Volume 3, this is the opening credit
0: music. Big time, absolutely, yeah. And you can tell, I think, like my main uh, complaint with this song was be that it sounds a bit jumping about a little bit. And of course, it's made for a video where it's dropped in in different scenes. So of course, when you stitch it together, it's not going to flow quite as well. But you have two compelling voices and Karen O in particular is fantastic on this. Um Yeah, like you say, as fashion ad songs go, this is good. Yeah, like, come on, a fashion hook up. I mean, it didn't augur well. Um,
5: I really like this song actually. And... I think it kind of holds together well in terms of its um, stitching if you will <laughs> it has a kind of mini epic feel to it though where it's not really repeating itself and there's a lot of kind of very drastic changes but all of the parts are good so it feels like even if it's just the sum of its parts that's a good thing I also and I
0: enjoyed the interplay between the two of them so though, did I so their voices I, work really well yeah, but, but which meant that by the end of it I was like there has to be a some sort of a crescendo here some sort sort of a finale and it never comes well, I, I love, love the
5: ending I so do I That's my favourite bit That kind really? of lightly strum yeah. thing I love when songs do that Where they just kind of piece out And it's just a beautifully Kind of thing And you know I mean
0: It's I kind think, of I all about Karen as well yeah, but really? was, Her vocal that, is so exactly great That's exactly what I'm saying though yeah. like, like, I do like the, When songs end like that However Because of the arc of the track I was like What happened to Michael? <laughs> yeah thing. yeah i know well, where's michael yeah
5: i uh, it had vibe it like had 60s vibes to me it had a kind of lee hazelwood nancy sinatra thing with this kind of swirling organ and like the electric guitar i totally get uh, dave's your, your thing about the tarantino thing it has that kind of epic soul thing going on as well um it's a very good track for what it is, um, and far better than Kenzo probably deserved. Did, Although, by all accounts, are a great label. Well, so uh, fair play. I was going to say, like, it's
4: <laughs> it's supremely confident and hugely elegant and so well delivered that you're almost like, they did this a bit too well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, do you do like, remember when like, there was an ad a while ago for Adidas, and like Kanye West had, had a track on it called God Level? Mm. And it it like it was clipping all over the place. It was like, you could, you could see Kanye West being like, waking up one day and going, oh, fuck. And going to be like, <laughs> he, his
5: trash folder. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, just yeah, like his Jesus <laughs> trash
2: folder.
4: And was like, uh, God level? Like, it's about 90 seconds long. It's not mastered. It's not mixed. Here you go, lads.
5: Probably paid a boatload for it. By the way, I mean, Kanye was spotted today with Big a smile laptop, on his face. Uh, a smile on his face and a laptop heading into some offices. He's so. a new father as well. He's Congratulations, a new father. Congratulations Kanye to the Kardashian, and Kardashian West yes. household. I believe Leon is the name that was chosen. Okay. Um, really? And yeah. Uh, people seem to be excited about new music Because he seemed to be I'm like exci- I've got a laptop oh, I don't know <laughs> I'm excited Probably just baby I'm, ex- photos, I'm, right? I'm excited
0: about naming people lo- Things like Leon again <laughs> Rather than like North or Saint Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. I thought it'd be one syllable But there yeah. you go Always full of surprises Number please,
4: Craig Surprise me uh, Four please, Dave The return of the fantastic The compelling The quite brilliant Young Fathers A man is just a man I understand That was in my view. It's the second track off their forthcoming record, which I think is out in April. They're playing the Academy around that time and I cannot wait to see them. They released a song called Lord a while ago. It was when we went to Galway for the live show, and I just it fell through the cracks, and it was a beautiful song. Uh, this one is a bit more upbeat and kind of moving parts, I suppose, but it it has that signature young fathers thing that they become so good at, managing to engage you on a physical level and really kind of strike at you, I think, mentally as well. They're a very socially conscious band. They do it in a very interesting way, almost subtle sometimes and quite deceptive. There's no one really like them right now,
0: is there? No, there isn't. Although at the same time, I would say that this new, softer more balletic side of young fathers. I'm not sure I'm entirely down with Is it. Is it that softer, though? I Like, it's quite a lot softer than some of what we've heard, be- a lot of what we've heard before, I think. And I just, I've always enjoyed their aggression. I think it ties into, like you say, their kind of social conscience extremely well. And this, while I'm not saying that it's bad, uh, yeah, I mean, I could go with a return to the old days.
5: Yeah, I think um, the softer kind of execution does a service to kind of lyrical themes and um, the instrumental, which I think is great. I really love that uncertain kind of synth line that kind of puts you on edge. The You know, the beat is great, the drums are great. But I was kind of thinking, these lyrics are very vanilla, particularly the chorus line, and I was kind of then on Genius and I was like, oh, there's actually a bit more... It, there's more to this than what it seems, and there, was, there seemed to be stuff about kind of, I don't know, um, kind of gender politics going on. I still need to do a bit more digging with it, but kind of a lot more than you just kind of immediately present to it. And I think the problem with my initial reaction was because it was so pleasant and yeah. tame, modically, and I might have heard this before, it just didn't have that level of kind of novelty that that might be the wrong word that young fathers have where it's just like oh this is veering off in a direction I didn't expect this is a thrilling thing that's gripped me it felt too comfortable and um, a bit kind of like social conscious hip hop in not the best possible sense I mean they're, me.
0: they're a band that at their best I think just kind of grabs you by the lapels basically and pretty much shakes you screaming their message in your face metaphorically speaking um <laughs> It's <laughs> thanks for clarification. It's hard to see this song having that effect. I really enjoyed it. I actually really enjoyed this. I mean, like
4: the tracks they had on the Train Spotting Two soundtrack mm-hmm. this time last year, also quite driven and choral. Even I don't know. I feel like they're they're moving to the communal a bit more openly. I and mean, yeah, I mean, like maybe they'll maybe they'll lose some of that punch in doing so. But mm. I think this is going to work. I, I think it's all going to tie in together. And I, I, yeah. I, normally I don't look to an album as like you know the remaining jigsaw pieces to such a degree but i gotta feel like this is going to fit in and um, i guess it's a case of watch the space maybe i'll eat my words but yeah so far sad. it works for me and i think i think you guys are being a little bit harsh but then again you know they're a band that have set very high standards and i understand why but uh yeah. even on the surface listen i
0: I was with it all right uh dave your choice to finish one or five
5: well, there's two songs left, my friend. Yeah, so That's when I said the your choice, choice to because then we won't have any more choices.
0: Yeah, I've I've got that one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have track number 1, please. Track number 1, okay. <laughs> it's another one from the Black Panther soundtrack I uh, previously mentioned. It's J-Rocks' uh, lead single from his album 2. It involves Kendrick Lamar Future and James Blake. It's called King's Dead.
3: I what you want this ain't what you want what you want bring you the sun shine
0: So yeah, we mentioned the Marvel soundtrack before Kendrick and uh, Top Dog are going to be producing it. Uh, He makes an appearance here on what is ostensibly a J-Rock single, but it's just a bit of a party, This is is it? This is great. I love this song. Mm. This is the song of the
4: week. Uh, I'm all over this. I I wanted to see Black Panther anyway. Uh, I've missed a few Marvel films here and there. It's not a, a cinematic universe that I hold dear to my heart. I think they're just fine. They're popcorn films if you want them. Uh, I've been looking forward to seeing Black Panther though in general. The cast alone has drawn me to it. I'm really looking forward to seeing Michael B. Jordan play an over-the-top comic book villain. I think he's going to do a great job and his character gets a shout-out in this because how often does somebody actually throw out the name of the villain from the movie into the song and not only is it not derailing, it's fucking great. This song is all over the place but it's fantastic and... On the strength of the two tracks alone, my ticket is bought for the movie anyway. <laughs> because I don't know how they're going to be incorporated, or if they are or if they aren't, but like, we cannot accuse Kendrick Lamar of phoning this in. No. Based, based on what we've heard so far. Anyway. Yeah,
5: the ambition kind of scale of the soundtrack is kind of, yeah, mind-boggling. I mean, we just talked about the kind of Kenzo ad being like, did they put too much effort into this? Yeah. And yeah, how he's pulling off that trick of like you know, referring to the plot of a superhero film and then integrating it with... Now, in fairness, I mean, you maybe have to give Marvel some credit in terms of the source material of Black Panther and what that said about kind of civil rights and things like that. So it, it's good in in terms of he can link to it thematically. But he does it so well. And yeah, it is a parody track. It's a great production. Um, J-Rock is good but I would be more like he, he, his verse is good but it's a bit more kind of like competent whereas then Future just rocks up and does this bizarre falsetto Pulses- yeah. nonsense which is brilliant i mean
0: that's the moment where you meet you immediately just go ah oh, they're having fun here yeah. aren't they, you know and there's definitely a bit of a showboat about this track although frankly when you've got the ability that these guys have why not
5: yeah it's great crack it reminds me of like a really do kind of danny brown thing where it's just a bunch of people at the top of their game a great beat to kind of just riff over and then when there's that beat switch and kendrick just destroys it at the oh, end. That is superb, um, I yeah. mean, that
0: wouldn't be out of place on Dam. So and, Yeah, and because as well, I think two, two and a half minutes in, I was like as much as I'm enjoying, you know, hearing these guys go for it, the beat eh, it's just a bit similar and then it just changes up and you're just yep. like, oh well, there it is right on cue. It's great. and um, The future thing at first, I was like, oh, I don't
4: know if I've been to this but the more I heard I was like, no I am. And I love it's great. I love the switch. Like the song uh, not dissimilar to the Karen and uh, Michael uh, Kuanuka one has that bit where it just basically goes and now we're going to change into a different song yeah. and when it does it like that Kendrick bit that red light green light red light green light it's just it's like great. this is amazing yeah. Like, like how is he so good at just like like Phoning this in like, or, or anything, like it's like
5: it, it shouldn't be this good, it's so enjoyable. <laughs> like, it puts an instant smile on face. We were just smiling at each other, remembering listening to it. It's great, <laughs> yeah, also, so by the the way, that's uh, just
0: because you also love each other. Well, well yeah, true. Yeah. I mean,
4: like, you know, he is, the, he is the flip side of me, as noted before. <laughs> uh, I also want to say that you know, the Kendrick and Scissor song, which we did on think, the first mm-hmm. podcast of the year, yeah. I love that song So do I I fucking yeah. love it and I've read a lot of bad reviews of it and like pitchfork with people saying like oh it's, you know there has got no claws it's toothless it's just them picking a paycheck I disagree entirely I think that chorus is phenomenal I love the beat in it it's great so far two for two there was a tease of a song with Finn Staples on one of the recent TV spots I can't wait to hear this album I yeah. really really can't it's fucking great so far
0: When was the last time you said that about a fucking superhero movie? Jesus no
4: Batman Forever? Like even then? And even then it was yeah. just I mean, this two seems much songs, more
0: conceptual yeah. and yeah and as well, I don't think I was saying that because I was three. Yeah, brag about <laughs> it, why don't you, mate? You weren't three, were really? you? Uh, what year are we talking? 95. 95? Oh, oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Three
5: years <laughs> oh, ago.
0: That, that late. Okay, sorry. No, 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 He's that's,
4: engaged. He's about to hit third. He's, he's already been. <laughs> he got engaged, so he's yeah. like, you know, like, like it's all like reverse. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> he's
0: know <the> curious case. <laughs> yeah.
4: I'm Colin Regan. Yeah. Uh, that's the episode title. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's finish this.
0: Cigarros are back, supplying tracks, uh, for Black Mirror. Bizarrely. This one is called End. Yeah, one of two songs that featured in one of the new episodes of Black Mirror, Hang the DJ. You say bizarrely, but they were on
4: Game of Thrones. I think Sigur Rousk, like have no problem being star the yeah. They were on The Simpsons. Oh, they were?
5: Yeah. They actually wrote music, like especially for The Simpsons. Has anybody well,
4: seen this episode in question? I have. I have as well. Yeah. I, I thought I came away with my usual problem with Black Mirror in that it
0: just isn't very good or interesting, and yet everyone thinks it's amazing, and it isn't. No, I enjoyed this episode. It is a... Um, just just a poor man, Sanji and Apero, really, isn't it? Very much so. And I, when I got to the ending, I was like, that it? What? Oh, no, I like the ending, to be fair. I, I,
4: wish, I guess the point I'm trying to get to here is that I actually wish I didn't hear this song through that, because now I'll have that connected to it forever. And <laughs> I didn't hate the episode or anything, but I just kind of felt like... Yeah, no, nah, it didn't do it for me. The show rarely works for me. I think it's just Twilight Zone for millennials. It's a smart show for dumb people. And I'm not really into it. <laughs> Sigur Rós, on the other hand, are a band that I've always quite liked and sometimes loved. With this track, I really enjoy it. I think it's really good. However, what I will say is it's pretty much a carbon copy of what Mogwai were doing with the last record.
5: Yeah. To an extent, yeah. Uh, I do think when the drums arrive, it, it takes it to a different place. Uh, I like that contrast between the kind of lilting vocals and just the kind of harder edge thing which they were doing a lot more of in the last album which is like five years ago now quaker um this is more of the kind of atmospheric pretty uh cigar roast thing um that people know and love and i mean maybe signaling i know last year they we're like well, we're back in the swimming pool like their studios like a converted swimming yeah. pool and we're recording stuff it's been a long time this to me bodes well it is very like well this is for a tv show um, much more so than the kind of the fashion line stuff and the the Marvel movie stuff,
0: but it's still quite nice. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I got strong reports from their kind of Christmas time gig in Iceland. Oh, right. A cousin of mine was at it and said they were new very good kind of and a little bit of new material okay. had thrown in there as well. Great. Um, yeah, I like this. I mean, it. You know, it, it's kind of a slow and steady build, I suppose, until like you say, it does sort of take off in the last 90 seconds or so I mean that's the nature of soundtracking work really isn't it I mean if you give in not if you
4: the- Kendrick Lamar mate. Well, <laughs>
0: well this is true yeah but as well you know should have got future on it <laughs> if you've got shit loads of like you know explosions and you know fight scenes and stuff it's quite different but if you go for the sort of dynamics that Sigur Rose or indeed Mogwai as you uh, mentioned earlier if you go for like their really dynamic material it's just gonna completely distract you from what's happening on the screen yeah. so you understand why that happens and so it's just just a slightly dialed down version, I think, of what uh, we often get from Cigarettes. Yeah. Until that last uh, kind of lift towards the end, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Maybe
5: then I'm benefiting from having not seen the episode. Yeah, and true. it just sounds
0: like a cigarettes track to me. That's the
4: end of the songs of the week, and I guess it's almost the end of the show. Exactly. Anything else that we listened to this week? I listened to the Go Team album a couple of times, and I must say. Um, I mean, you know, there's just something very, like, mid 2000s disposable about this band coming back now. I expected something of a bigger statement. It's just them doing the marching band brass section thing for 12 tracks or whatever it is. And, like, it's fine, it's entertaining, but there's nothing in it. Sure. I've also been listening to the new Franz Ferdinand album, oh, which arrived in my talking. inbox yesterday. And uh, I, too ready for a verdict, will do a full review in person. Uh, on, in front of these microphones rather <laughs> uh, <soon. laughs> in
5: front of Franz Werner and uh, <laughs>
4: yeah I will say so far it's engaging and uh, I really appreciate the no encore 10 track Beverly Rule being adhered to nice. thank you very much to Oscar they've France always and the been great right with that though
5: Mm. I believe They have What you got I've been listening to Jeff Rosenstock's new album Post Which is maybe the best thing I've heard all year Um, It's (laughs) really good I wasn't too aware Of his stuff But apparently he's a bit Of a legendary figure In kind of more recent US (laughs) punk Uh, He's finally gone solo The last couple of years Worry was a kind of Big statement for him A couple of years ago The album This is the follow up um, It's even tighter Uh, It's kind of doing political stuff But in a very interesting way Dave I think actually Particularly you would love this It's kind of Hardcore-y thing With great hooks And If you're a fan of something like Weezer's Pinkerton You'll love this It's great It's really good
0: I bizarrely disappeared a Warren, down a Warren Zevon rabbit hole the other day. It's a good rabbit h- it, hole it to it fall was down. a fine yeah? rabbit hole to go down, yeah, absolutely. Mid, uh, Mr. Bad Example is an amazing
4: song. It, isn't did, it?
0: yeah. yeah. Watch him. I mean, it didn't help that I was laid up for much of the week, so I was just like, new music, no. Give, give me something old and warm and comfortable. Comfort. And yeah, he did the job.
4: I also enjoyed when he was in Larry Sanders and his whole thing was I don't want to play Where I in London I always play Where I was London can I play something else and he gets fucked over once again and has to play Where I was London <laughs> uh, rest in peace Warren Zevon yes. uh, that's the show my name is Dave Hanrady. this has been No Encore there will be No Encore and we mentioned earlier in the show the passing of Dolores Arudin I figure the only appropriate tribute for exit music this week is to be a Cranberry song and we will play Zombie to play us out thank you for listening to the show talk to you soon and once again rest in peace Dolores Arudin
3: podcast is part of the head stuff podcast network the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with mickey d's breakfast